Hello, and welcome to season three of the Working While Homeschooling podcast, the podcast for workingwhilehomeschooling.com, where our mission is to help homeschooling parents make money, maybe even have a career while continuing to homeschool and without losing their sanity. My name is Julie, and I am your host and resident career coach today. I want to thank you all for joining us and listening in. I hope you're doing well. As a career coach, I love asking my clients, so what do you really want to be when you grow up again? It's a funny question to ask a grown-up, right? But that is at the heart of the concept of career exploration or career self-assessments. When done well, this self-exploration experience can become a revelation full of light and clarity and purpose and direction. After 12 years of coaching, I collected these 77 pages of exercises that are designed so you can work at your own pace. And during our career coaching sessions, we will review and process this information together. This process will help pull out those gut promptings and turn them into actionable steps. Steps on your path and no one else's. Check out my career self-assessment workbook available now. Today's episode is all about Valentine's Day. I wanted to share with you my personal tips of how to be a working homeschooling parent and still celebrate Valentine's Day to its max. Yes, today is all about my personal tried and true, easy and cheap Valentine's Day celebration ideas. Because I know as a working homeschooling parent, um, Valentine's Day gets expensive and frankly, money is always a consideration, right? First of all, going out for Valentine's dinner as a date or whatever it might be is expensive. Dinner is expensive. Childcare is expensive. Going out to eat is expensive. You know, restaurant reservations are difficult and so on and so on. So one of the things we immediately instituted when I became a working homeschooling parent is to not go out on Valentine's Day. Why? Because we couldn't afford it. We could never find a babysitter, you name it. So we turned Valentine's Day into a family love celebration. So we just basically turned it into a family dinner. We let the kids pick out the meal. And so sometimes it was really fancy like manicotti. Sometimes they wanted to do breakfast for dinner. And I would have the kids get involved and help me make dinner. We would put out the fine china. We would put out the nice tablecloth. We would she-she it up and then have pancakes if that's what they wanted. So we would plan out the meal and just have a great time. We've done everything from pancakes to, you know, eggs and bacon to French toast and really whatever anybody might want. You know, when we're doing breakfast for dinner, we do that. We've also done the full manicotti, you know, Italian dinner with the breadsticks and the you know, salad and all of that too. Whatever the kids have decided they want for a fancy dinner that night, that's what we do. After dinner, we usually do some kind of like special family time, whether it's a family movie night or family game night, whatever it might be. Um, and I know with the pandemic, frankly, I think I've pretty much killed a family game night and family movie night, because what else can you do when you're stuck indoors? You know, come up with a really great kind of activity that you can do as a family and bond together. And that's really it. It doesn't have to be expensive. You could have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at a picnic and call that Valentine's Day if you want. Just, you know, put out some fancy bubbly, you know, sparkling cider or something like that. That's great. 
Um, oh, speaking of sparkling cider, my kids absolutely love the fizzy, bubbly apple cider. Looks like it comes in the champagne bottle. They love that. And it's like $2. So I always would try to stock up on a couple of those right before Valentine's Day. Um, and then whatever we didn't use for Valentine's Day, if I had an extra bottle, I'd save it for Easter. So my kids just love that. It makes them feel festive and makes them feel grown up. Now, as far as me and my spouse, we would either just, you know, do something special, you know, together, the two of us after the kids went to bed, or we would choose to go out on a different day altogether. A, when it was easier to get a babysitter or when we could find free childcare, we would often go out for lunch or maybe like do the happy hour because those are cheaper meals than dinner. And often I would frankly look for the deals and specials. So, you know, think about those things when you're thinking about Valentine's Day, you know, your date night Valentine's Day with your spouse does not necessarily have to be on the 14th, guys. Um, in fact, this year, my husband and I have already talked, we're going to do it on the Saturday after Valentine's Day. Since Valentine's Day is on Sunday, we're just going to save our date till Saturday. And we're cool with that because Valentine's Day, again, is family night. Now, if you're thinking about kind of doing the traditional buy the chocolates and the flowers and that sort of thing, I highly recommend you don't buy them on Valentine's Day. Okay, if you can get some good flowers and keep them fresh, they're just as special on the 13th, guys. Um, hope moms, you know, throw the hen out. Um, flowers, if you pick them up on the 13th, they're still ready to go the morning of the 14th. Um, that is a great way to get a really good deal on flowers. And frankly, don't buy roses. Buy anything but roses for Valentine's Day. You will save money because you know the prices go up on the roses. Um, if you're thinking about buying the chocolates for the kids or the candy for the kids or whatever, buy it way before Valentine's Day. Um, you know, your choices get low near Valentine's Day, prices go up on Valentine's Day and right the day before. Or so, so make sure you've kind of stocked up on that in advance. So if you're like me and have completely forgotten about Valentine's Day, go out there and buy the stuff now, guys, just, just run out there, go grab it at CVS or Walmart or wherever you get it from and stock up now. When the kids were younger, I made a big deal about us making our own cards. Now, my kids honestly still think that's because I wanted to be crafty. And I tell them to this day, I love when they're so creative and they make their own stuff. They come up with stuff that is better than you could ever find on a Hallmark card. But when I first started this, guys, when we first started working in homeschooling, I did this because we didn't have the money to go out and spend on crazy you know, Valentine's Day cards. And um, I was concerned about our budget that particular week. So instead we handmade cards and the girls frankly came up with their own little sayings. It was adorable. I'm so glad we did that guys, because it, first of all, it was unique and it's totally them. Um, you know, my kids tell me they love me more than ice cream and chocolate and marshmallows. That's the best card to me on the planet. Um, so I love that we even started that, even though, honestly, I really did it because we couldn't afford cards that year. And I was really worried about our budget that particular week. So encourage your kids, especially your younger kids, guys, you know, encourage them to go homemade, encourage them to get crafty and be original and be unique. Throw your piles of crafts at them. Honestly, guys, that would probably keep them occupied for at least an hour too. You know, have them make cards for everybody in the family and their grandparents and whoever else you can think of. 
that is a great way to keep them occupied at least the full week before Valentine's Day. Now, one of the things I've really started focusing on with my kids, especially the older they get, is looking for opportunities to teach our kids uh, about others, to show love to others, especially for Valentine's Day. Part of this is to help remind them to kind of expand that empathetic side of themselves, but also to expand their awareness of others and how to show gratitude or appreciation or love to other people they know. You know, our kids, it's really easy for kids to become very insular and look inward and everything is about themselves, right? That's natural human instinct that we frankly do have to be taught out of. So I'm constantly looking for ways to help my kids show love outside of themselves and just the immediate family. Yes, I'm talking community service. That's kind of one way to think about it as well. So that could be perhaps you schedule some time to volunteer, you know, in the week before, the week right after, or maybe even the day of Valentine's Day, volunteer at a food pantry or a soup kitchen. Obviously during the pandemic, the rule, weird rules will apply with that. So you'll have to see what you're allowed to do. If you can't volunteer in person, we all know that there is a great deal of need right now. There is so much need out there. So perhaps instead of that, you guys go to the grocery store and you stock up on food for the food pantry. Big tip, call them in advance and see what they actually need. Okay. If you can fill specific shelves where it's really bare right now, that would be really greatly appreciated. So feel free to either volunteer at the food pantry or the soup kitchen or donate to the food pantry. Kids of all ages, I would say, let's say four or five and up can help at a food pantry. When my kids were very, very small, my husband used to volunteer at our local food pantry. He's bilingual in Spanish. And so he would go to help translate for those who came. And my kids were four and six at the time. And so they would sit in the back and basically go over and kind of turn all of the cans facing out and straighten up the labels. They really felt like they were helping and participating. So think of even little things that your kids could do at the food pantry, make it a family activity and a family event. Why do I keep harping on that? Because we all know that food pantries, uh, soup kitchens, and so on are always over inundated with volunteers for Thanksgiving, but they are very hard up for help the entire rest of the year. Don't worry about helping out at the food pantry in November, but wouldn't February be a great time to show love for others and by doing the exact same thing? right? Now, if you want other ideas, you could look in your neighborhoods, look for some local senior citizens to kind of adopt as an honorary grandparent, which is especially great if your own family members and your own extended family is not nearby. Maybe you go help them do yard work and shovel snow this week, or maybe you bake cookies, you make a meal, and drop it off. If it wasn't the middle of a pandemic, guys, why don't you invite them over for that family dinner you're having on the 14th? But I know having guests over right now is kind of not great. And probably a lot of our senior citizens don't need to be going into new environments. Perhaps instead of inviting them over, make them a great plate with some dessert, some cookies, or whatever it might be, drop it off for them at their front door. I'm sure that that would be greatly appreciated.
And don't forget about our elderly that are frankly confined to the rest homes right now that cannot have company. They cannot have their family come visit. I'm sure you've heard the stories just like I have about how hard it is for them to cope right now. So perhaps an an activity that you could do with your family is to call up the rest home and see what they need and what they can accept from outside. I'm not sure if you would be able to make them snacks and desserts, but it's not a bad idea to have your kids hand make cards that can be dropped off. Or perhaps you hand make these cards and drop them off and you attach it to a couple of games that they might like to enjoy or add to their stockpile. Perhaps you can do video calls with them instead of visiting in person. You know, some don't get many visitors at all, and some probably are having very little connection to outside. So whether it's writing letters or maybe doing individual video chats, creating Valentine's cards, whatever your individual rest home can accept for safety reasons and all, you know, that is another great way to show your love in your community right there. And it's very tangible too. I find my kids just do better when it's a much more tangible activity. It's easier for them to kind of comprehend and understand. One other activity that we did for a number of years, and I really loved it. And um, moms, um, anybody who's ever scrapped before, you're going to have a little heart punch, guys, whether it's like, you know, an inch big or five inches big, it doesn't matter. One of the things I did is I took all of our kind of red and pink construction paper and I punched out a billion hearts, super easy. And I found a cheap little vase. It was probably worth a dollar. And so I just basically put all of the hearts and a pen inside of that little pink vase and it went on our table. So what we started doing is everybody would take a heart out at the beginning of every single meal. And if the heart was blank, they would think of someone and write their per- that person's name on the heart. If it wasn't blank, it already had a name on it of someone they had chosen. The idea is every time you get a blank heart, you get to add to your pile of names inside your vase. And so each person pulls out a heart and that was somebody we were going to think about for dinner. And we basically prayed for that person before dinner every night. It was simple. It was free because I already had all the supplies, guys. It was so much fun. So we started that and kind of instituted it one Valentine's night. And then we kept doing that for the rest of the year. After a couple of weeks of doing that, you get a lot of different you know, names in the, in, the, in the vase. And if you get a blank one, it's like, oh, good. Now, who have we not written down yet? And so you get to add a new one. So that could be things from like missionaries from our church. Um, it could be for a pastor. It could be for perhaps like their youth leader or their teacher of their scouting troop, or it could be for a family member. It could be somebody we know who is going through like an illness or going through a rough patch. It didn't really matter. So we would go around the circle and everybody would pray for the person on their heart. We would stick all the hearts back in the vase when we were done, kind of stirred up with a pen. So it'd be ready for next time. And that was it. Then we ate dinner. Just, you know, think of little things like that. adding it to your everyday life. It does not have to be fancy and our kids don't care how much money you spend. It just matters how meaningful it is. Now I do have this one homeschool activity I did when my kids were small and I'll promise you it's one of my favorite Valentine's Day activities ever. I bought a bag of those candied hearts for each one of my kids and we opened up all the hearts and they each got their bowl of candied hearts. And then, you know, based on their age, we did things like have them sort all of their hearts, you know, on the table in different colors. So all the yellows, all the greens, all the pinks, all the reds, whatever. Then, you know, we would start to add in having them count how many of each color they had. So maybe they had 13 pink, but only five reds or whatever it might be. Then from there, we actually took 
all those numbers and we started graphing it on a page. Do you guys hear we're doing math? I mean, it's math, preschool to first-ish grade level. We, you know, we took that and we started kind of graphing it. So, you know, we kind of go up the graph if they had 13, we would only go up the graph in the next line if they only had five and so on. And we would kind of do different kinds of graphs to show how many hearts they had of each color in their own individual bags. And then of course they could compare it. This child had this many, but this child had this many, you know, then you could say, oh, well, you know, if you had 13, but you had eight, how many more did you have? You can make your own math problems, guys. It's math. It's math. Another homeschooling idea is to look at your homeschool community. In previous years, our homeschool groups would often have a Valentine's Day get together for the homeschooler and they would decorate like a shoebox or something like that to collect Valentine's in. And we would say, okay, there's 30 kids coming, bring 30 Valentine's everyone. And so everybody would come with their 30 Valentine's and you could go pop it in everyone's individual boxes. So our homeschool kids could get the opportunity of passing out and sharing the little Valentine's kid things, you know, uh, with a candy attached or whatever, they could get that experience as well. That is kind of one possibility as well. And while we did that, we also played, you know, games. So, you know, we would leave the back, the boxes over to the side and have the cookies to decorate and have the treats that everybody brought and have a couple games to keep the little ones occupied and so on. Put on some music for the slightly older kids, whatever it is. Just let them have a nice fun party. Again, with the pandemic, I'm not sure how much your individual homeschool groups can do, but don't hesitate to reach out to them and see if they do have something planned. Maybe they have a drive-by Valentine's card drop-off. I'm not even sure, but don't hesitate to investigate that and see what's available for you. So I know none of those sound super fancy, guys. Nothing I've ever done has been crazy Pinterest level and nothing has been super expensive and nothing's been super fancy, but my kids love it all the same. We throw up the Valentine's Day decorations, maybe put up a couple balloons, some fancy china and just have a great day sharing love amongst us as a family. So it's not just family and homeschoolers that need to be shown the love, guys. It's our professional lives as well. I have made it a habit of taking two months of the year, February and November, to kind of put a personal focus on showing the love to both my clients and my network. In November, I tend to focus a little bit heavier on my network. And in February, I tend to focus a little bit heavier on my clients. I send out a nice note in my newsletter. Perhaps I occasionally um, have an extra freebie for my clients. You know, if I've had some great clients that have, you know, really just, you know, referred a lot of people to me that year, I might even send them a handwritten note or an email just saying, Hey, you know, thinking of you today, I wanted to share, show some love to my clients. And, you know, your name popped in my mind because you have just been so kind to me and referred, you know, 15 people to me this year. And wanted you to know how much I appreciate you and blah, blah, blah. So that is a great thing to do. Um, when I get my corporate clients or I have sponsors, I especially love to make sure they are shown appreciation at least those two times a year. And then I frankly will often go through my LinkedIn network. You know, who have I not talked to recently? Who have I not shown appreciation to recently? And I'll go through and just even just send them a quick little message. People just don't hear appreciation and gratitude enough in this world. Anything we can do to combat that, I'm all for. When I used to do speaking engagements in person, or I'd be going to client sites or client offices, I always took a little treat in February. So, you know, maybe I added um, extra chocolate to my little goodie bags I gave away 
as prizes at my speaking engagements. Maybe I should, I was the one that showed up with the donuts for the office at a corporate client site or whatever it might be. It can be anything guys. It does not have to be expensive, but it will always, always, always be appreciated. So as much as we want to show love to our family and we want to help our kids show love as well, please don't forget your network. Please don't forget your colleagues and don't forget your contacts and your clients. Frankly, you can even turn it into a game for yourself. How many people can you reach out to in one month? February's 28 days. Can you reach out to more than 28 people? Can you reach double that amount or triple? And I hope all of these ideas are useful to all of you. Now, as we wrap up our episode today, I want to thank you all for listening in. There are a ton of great podcasts out there, but you chose to spend your time here with me. So thank you. In the show notes, you're going to find the links to my site, workingwhilehomeschooling.com and all of the great ways that you can connect with me online. If you enjoyed today's podcast, consider becoming one of our listener supporters by following the link in the show notes. A small monthly donation helps us continue with great content like you've heard here today on the Working While Homeschooling podcast. Your positive online reviews, subscribing to our podcast, sharing it with your friends is all greatly appreciated as well. And if you know someone that you think would be a great guest of our podcast, please let me know at julietworkingwhilehomeschooling.com. Thank you for listening in today and please make sure you're joining us in our Facebook group for continuing conversation on today's topic and beyond. 